drive a seat, guys. Um, welcome to everyone. For those who may have missed it, my name is Josh, and I'm part of the leadership team here at Beyond. If um, you're here because someone dragged you along, or you're here because somebody told you you'd meet someone really cute tonight, or you're just here for the spaghetti, um, we are, whatever reason you're here, we are so glad to have you here tonight. In fact, if this is your first time to Beyond, or your first time in a while, you couldn't have picked a better weekend to be joining us, because tonight we're starting um, a brand new series called Guess Who. Um, in this series... And what we're going to be doing is um, looking at this idea of identity. And we're going to be camping out around this idea of identity for the next six weeks. And really, you know, circling around the idea of knowing who you are and growing into the person you want to become. Because if we're honest, everyone becomes somebody in life. Yet, very few people become somebody that they're um, proud of or somebody they actually wanted to become. They just became somebody... But they didn't plan to become that person, they just became that person. So over the next six weeks, we're going to be giving you a blueprint of how you can become the person you want to become. So tonight in part one and next week in part two, we're going to be looking at how you know who you are. And then in parts three to six, we're going to be looking at how do you grow into the person you want to become. But tonight, um, the question we're going to be wrestling with and answering is, what determines who you are? What determines who you become? And since we're going to be looking at identity and speaking about it a lot, I thought I'd start off by um, defining it. Um, And I didn't put a PowerPoint up for that one because I was a bit silly, so I'm going to just go to my notes. No, it's not here. So um, identity, um, dictionary definition off the top of my head, it's um, something to do with how you define or distinguish or identify somebody. So it's the first thing that comes to your head when you go... Who was that person? And it's just the, it's the first answer that comes to your head. For, and the funny thing about identity is, if you asked me who I am and I asked somebody else in the audience who I am, we'd get two completely different answers. And not one answer is right. Identity is a bit weird. We can, we can ask somebody who somebody is and we can get two different answers. Take me, for example. If you ask my grandma who I am, she'll tell you I'm a little angel. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the good boy. But ask my mum on the other hand, and she'll give you the completely opposite story. I'm your typical teenage lazy boy who's always hungry or always angry and does absolutely nothing at home. His room's always a mess. And when his room's kind of, a, kind of not a mess, you know, his towel's on the floor, he never does his washing, he never does the dishes, he's just your typical lazy teenage boy. And then ask my friends who I am, and they'll say... You know, I'm an assessed cricket nerd who's really clumsy and absolutely loves Taylor Swift and KFC. And if he had it his way, he'd eat KFC every day of the week. And then, I'm sure if I asked you who I am, you'd probably say that I'm the more attractive, younger version of Ben Affleck, and if anyone was to be Batman, it would be me. And to be honest, I reckon you're spot on, and I agree with that statement. That's who I am, right? And... It's funny, when it it comes to identity, we can look at the same person and get two completely different answers. If I got everyone here to define who Kanye West is, we'd probably get, some of you would just define him by his career, who he is as a singer. Some of you define him by his relationships, who he is is Kim Kardashian's um, husband or Northwest's father. Some of you might um, box him in with, you know, his claim to be, you know, 
2020, the future president of the United States. Some of you might um, not know who Kanye West is, but just know he's a celebrity and box him in with all other celebrities and say he's your typical, arrogant, egotistical, self-obsessed celebrity who only thinks about himself, believes everyone loves him, and can't imagine the world without him. Whatever you define Kanye West or however you define somebody, we all have a opinion of who someone is. And whether we like it or not, people will also have opinions of who we are. Um, whether they define us by our values or um, our career or um, who we follow, people have opinions of who we are and we also have opinions of who we are ourselves. Some of us may um, define ourselves by a career. Um, who I am as an accountant or a doctor or if you're um, a Coles person here and you're really proud of your job, you might define yourself as you know, Coles' finest, um, sharpest um, checkout sheet. Otherwise, um, some of you might define yourself in your um, morals. Who I am is funny, loyal, um, trustworthy. Some of you might define yourself um, in your achievements. Who I am is uh, a business owner, a uni graduate, who I am is um, a homegrown sing star phenomenon. However you define yourself, we all have an opinion of who we are and we all have a perception of who we are. But what determines that perception? What determines who we become? And that's the question we want to wrestle with tonight because we all become someone, but what determines that? And this isn't just a question that's been asked um, by our generation, but it's been a question that's been asked by generations worldwide by all different um, religions, all different um, you know, associations, what determines who we are? And to help us answer this question, unpack it, and to resolve this tension, we're going to be looking at a story um, in the book of Ephesians. Now, this book is written by a guy called Paul. And Paul is, um, he used to kill Christians for a living and then all of a sudden made a radical change. And he became a Christian. Not only that, he became the greatest church player, communicator, teacher that the world has ever seen aside from Jesus. It's pre he's pretty much like, the change that he made is pretty much if Jonathan Thurston became not just a Queensland supporter, but he became a New South Wales supporter. Not only that, he played for them and became like the most diehard New South Wales um, fan there ever is. It's just that polar opposite. And Paul makes that radical change. And he ends up becoming... He writes a lot of letters um, that consist up or make up um, most of the New Testament. And one of the letters, uh, or what we're going to be looking at tonight, um, the book of Ephesians, I say it's a book, it's more of a letter. And it's written by Paul to a city in Ephesus. And it kind of unpacks the whole idea of identity and who you are and how you grow into who you want to become. And we're going to be spending a lot of time in this book over this series um, and tonight we're going to be particularly looking at um, Ephesians chapter 1 through to 14 tonight if you want to open up your Bibles to that or your smartphones. Similarly, if someone's beaten your high score on uh, the basketball game on Facebook and you just really need to beat that, um, jump on your phones and do that as well. But we're going to jump into verse 1 on Ephesians chapter 1. It's up on the screen for everyone else. And it starts off by saying, To God's holy people in Ephesus... The faithful in Jesus Christ. Now, this is the start of Paul's letter, and as you um, do in all your letters, you start off by writing who, you, who it's to, who your audience is. So Paul starts off by saying, to God's holy people in Ephesus. But 
he does a little bit more than just say who it's to. He defines who they are. Notice he doesn't say to the people in Ephesus or to the church in Ephesus, but he says to God's holy people in Ephesus. He defines who you are, the people in Ephesus, who you are is God's holy people. And then he goes on to kind of back up his statement um, in the in the back half of the sentence with explaining why they're God's holy people. And he says, the faithful in Christ Jesus. What he's saying here is, who you are is God's holy people because your identity is in Christ Jesus. See those little two words, of um, put them on caps on the screen. Those two little uh, letters, I-N, can be easy to skip over, but they're really the crux of what Paul's saying here. And you don't want to skip over them because... What he's saying is who you put your identity in determines who you become. When you put your identity in Jesus, who you become is God's holy people. That's what he's saying to Ephesus. But who you put your identity in, whether that's work, job, oh, your job, whether that's um, your family, whatever it is, it determines who you become. And Paul kind of starts, sets up his whole um, letter with this first statement. And then he continues on in verses 3 to 14, kind of expanding and on his point that he's already made, and we're going to continue reading on verse 3, and it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Uh, There's those little two letters again, in Christ. Um, In Christ, when your identity is in Christ, um, you're, you're blessed. That's what Paul's writing. And then he continues on in the next verse, For he chose us in him, before creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. When your identity's in Jesus, who you are is holy and blameless in God's sight. You don't have any marks, you're not, you're not broken. Who you are is holy and blameless when your identity is in Jesus. Then he continues on, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. When he says, in the one he loves, he's talking about Jesus. And he's saying, when your identity is in Jesus, who you are is you're adopted into the family of God. And then he continues on in verse 7. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. When your identity is in Christ, you're redeemed. You're forgiven of your sins. You're not held down by your past, but you're moving forward. He continues on. In him, we were chosen, being predestined according to a plan. When you're in Christ, you have a plan. God has a plan, a mission, and a purpose for your life. And he gives that to you when your identity is in him. And then he continues on. Um, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit, who was the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. When he says inheritance, he's talking about eternal life. And he's like, when your identity is in Christ... Who you are is somebody who shares an eternal life. What Paul's really, you know, pressing at in this point is who you put your identity in determines who you become. And he's saying to the people in Ephesus, because your identity is in Christ, this is who you are. Who you are is God's holy people. Who you are is forgiven. Who you are is somebody who has a plan and a purpose. Somebody who isn't bound by their past but is forgiven. Someone who is redeemed. Someone who shares in eternal life. Who you put your identity in determines who you become. And then Paul's kind of making this point in the first half of his letter and then kind of 
explains why who you put your identity in determines who you become in verse 13. It's up on the screen and it says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. What he's saying here is who you put your identity in determines who you become because when you put your identity in something, you're given a mark. It's like someone grabs out a Sharpie and just you know, marks you. And then all of a sudden you've got this, this black mark on you and now th- that's who you are. You're not who you used to be, but you're who you put your identity in because you're marked by that thing. And for all those visual learners, I thought during the week, I was like, hey, I really need to go down to Officeworks and buy some stationery. And I thought this would be a great excuse um, to get a prop to kind of explain this point. Sorry, I didn't set this up earlier. But I want you to imagine, for all you visual uh, learners out there, to imagine you're this tennis ball. This is your identity. And you can kind of, you can put your identity in anything. Um, You can put your identity in your relationships. You can put your identity in your career. Uh, You can put your identity in your reputation or your achievements. So let's just... Let's just um, pick one, for example. Uh, let's put our identity in our relationships. Let's say you want to put your identity in your relationships. When you put your identity in something, um, it's like someone grabs a nice little mark, nice sticker, and puts it on you. And now you're a tennis ball with an orange mark on you. And then let's say oh, we don't want to put our identity in our relationships anymore. We're not really orange people. We want to put our identity in our career. And it's like we just get, we get a new sticker. Um, now we've got a yellow one. And that, that gets put on us. And now who we are is a tennis ball. Not just, we're not just who we used to be, but we're somebody who's held by a career and held by our relationships. Let's say we don't want to put our identity in our career anymore. We want to put it in our achievements. Now we're going we're gonna to get a green sticker. And we're going to stick that one on there. And let's say... We want to put, we're going to, we're going to leave ourselves in our achievements for a little longer. We're going, to, we're going to put our identity in our achievements for an extended period of time because, you know, what we've done is so great and we want to continue to find ourselves in those things. And we're going to continue to leave that in there for an extended period of time. And the longer we put ourselves in those things, the more stickers we keep getting, the more green marks we're, we keep receiving until we don't look like this tennis ball anymore, but... We look like this green blob, just full of stickers. We're not, we're not this tennis ball anymore, but we're who our achievements say we are. We're who we put our identity in. And um, what I want you to, oh, what I want to you know, really um, press from that is the longer you put your identity in something, the more and more you begin to look like that something. For example, everyone here has, at one point in our lives, we've all gone, hey, I want to exercise. I'm going to get fit today. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to start the gym. And we do that for like three days, right? And after day one, we, we check ourselves out in the mirror. Well, I know I do at least, you know, and you're, you're checking out your biceps and you're like, I don't, and you're looking for the difference. And no matter how hard you try to look from the difference from where you were at the start of the day to where you are now, there is no difference. And after a week, you look at yourself in the mirror again, and again, not really a difference. But exercise for three months, exercise for six months, exercise for a year, 
and the, the bigger the gap between where you started and where you are becomes, the longer you exercise, the more and more you begin to see the results. And the same is when, uh, the same for exercise goes with um, our identity. When we put our identity in something for an extended period of time, the more and more we begin to look like that something that we've put our identity in, whether that's our achievements, our reputation, our career, our relationships. And I bet we can, we all know somebody who's done that before, right? We all know somebody who puts their identity in their relationships. Um, if you know somebody who's put their identity in their relationships, you'll know that they're, they're very caring, they're very loving people. Um, they'll do almost anything for you. Um, however, all they ever do is talk about that relationship. All they ever do is spend time in that relationship. If you've ever had a friend that gets a boyfriend or a girlfriend and puts their identity in that, you'll know that all of a sudden they're a new person. They don't, they don't have time for you anymore. In fact, you know, all they're doing is spending, it, spending time with them. And when they do have time for you, all they do is talk about that person. Oh, how lovely is their hair? Oh, how, how, how attractive is my partner? You should get yourself a girlfriend because, you know, life is really great. I, I, me and my girlfriend, we have a great time. Or, you know, my boyfriend is so nice. He's so caring. And all you're, you're sitting across the table with your coffee and all you want to do is throw up. It's just, oh my, why? And so, it happens all the time with my friends. It's so frustrating. And that's what happens when you put your identity in your relationships. Some of you might know people who put their identity in their career. They're people who are generally very driven. They work really hard. All they ever do is work. As a result of that, all they ever do is work. They don't have time for a social life. They don't have a time for anything else because all they're doing is working. When they get a holiday, they don't know what to do because, well, they, all they do is work. And sometimes, you know, then they get stuck, or oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And they just go stir crazy around the house and start climbing the walls because all they ever do is work. Maybe you know somebody, or you're somebody who puts your identity in your reputation. I'm someone who um, gets locked, in that, locked up in that a fair bit. And you, you're so concerned about what other people think of you that you never get to be yourself because you've got a, you're trying to... I don't know what's happened here. Um, you're trying to be somebody that others will like because you don't want others to dislike you. And you fight so hard to be someone others like, you never get to be yourself. Or maybe you know someone who puts their identity in their achievements. These are people who always got a story for everything. You know, they've, they're, you know, they're a uni graduate. They're, they're, they're the best at anything and everything. And they've always got a, they've got a story for everything and they've always got a one-up you. If you've had a good day, they've had a better one. If you've lost five kilos, they've lost 10. If you caught a fish that big, they caught a shark that big. All they ever do is one-up you because they can't stand that you're better than them or you achieve better than them. So they've got to, they've got to pump themselves up and cut you down. And people who put their identity in their achievements generally become people who you know, can't celebrate your achievements and only ever talk about themselves. Who you put your identity in determines who you become. So who are you putting your identity in? Um, if you're new here to Beyond, what we like to do is we've got this thing called Four Monday because we believe there is no point coming to church on Sunday if it doesn't change you for Monday. Thank you. Um, if it doesn't change you for Monday. Um, and today, or this week's Four Monday is who, uh, to ask yourself the question, who are you putting your identity in 
And who will you become because of it? Who are you putting your identity in, whether that's your relationships, your career, your reputation, your achievements, whether that's money or your family, whatever you're putting your identity in, ask yourself, who am I putting my identity in and who will I become because of it? If I put my identity in my career for an extended, for, for the next six months, where will I be? If I put my identity in my achievements for an extended period of time, who will I become? Now ask yourself the question this week, who am I putting my identity in and who will I become because of it? Because we all become someone in life, but not everyone becomes somebody they're proud of. And why would we want to become someone we're not proud of when we can? If all it boils down to is who we put our identity in. And for some of us, asking this question will be very scary, very intimidating, because we know deep down that Who we're putting our identity in now isn't leading us towards a future that we want to pursue, isn't leading us towards becoming a person we want to be. And if that's you, if you're putting your identity in something that isn't leading you to where you want to lead, I want to challenge you this week to take your identity and whatever you're putting it in now and put it in something that will lead you to become someone you want to become. There's no point in knowing that you're heading down the wrong direction and not changing anything. So I want to owe it to yourself this week to make the change, to put your, put your identity in something that will lead you to, to become the person you want to become. Now, for all those Christians out there, and if you're not a Christian, um, you, can, you can listen in on this one and you can take it or leave it if you want. But I want to challenge everyone this week. I've got a counter offer for everyone. Instead of putting your identity in your relationships or your career or your reputation or your achievements, I want to challenge everyone this week to instead of putting their identity in those things, to put their identity in Jesus. Because as Paul writes, who you are when you put your identity in is not someone who's bound by their past, but someone who is forgiven. Someone who isn't controlled by what others say they are, but is defined by who God says they are. I want to challenge everyone this week, if you want to experience that forgiveness, to put your identity in Jesus because that is where it's found. Not only are you forgiven when you put your identity in Jesus, but you're also given a plan. Jesus has a plan, a hope and a future for everyone in this room, everyone that ever existed and ever ever will exist. And he has a plan for you. And this plan is revealed to those who put their identity in Jesus. And Jesus has a plan for everyone that ever existed. However, very few people get to experience and live out this plan because they don't put their identity in Jesus. Instead, they put their identity in other things. They put their identity in money or girlfriends or boyfriends or cars. And all of a sudden, they miss out on this plan, on this future, this hope that he has for their life. And this isn't just any hope. This is the best, most extraordinary, mind-blowing, you know, you can never dream of a better plan or future for your life. That's the plan and future he has for you. And if you want to experience that, if you want to live that out in your life, then you need to put your identity in Jesus. Not only are you given a plan and a purpose and a future and are you forgiven when you put your identity in Jesus, you're also... Um, oh, you also are given something that nothing else can guarantee. And that's a gift of eternal life. Jesus died for everyone in this room. 
and he offers his life, he offers eternal life for everyone, but it's only received by those who put their identity in him. So if you want to experience that in your life, I want to challenge you to put your identity not in your relationships or career or reputation, but to put it in Jesus. We're going to wrap up in just a second. We're going to get the band up. But um, before we do, I just want everyone to take a second and imagine. Imagine where where you would be today if for your life you'd been putting your identity in something that would lead you to become someone you want to become. Not put it in whatever you were, but to put it in something that would lead you to become someone you want to become in your life. Where would you be today? Would your circumstances look any different? How different would your future look if you'd been putting your identity in something that would lead you to become someone you want to become? And I know we can't change our past, but we do have control over what we do today and how it impacts our future. I want you to imagine six months from now if you made the decision today or tonight to put your identity in something that would lead you towards where you want to be in life, lead you towards becoming someone you want to become rather than putting it in whatever it is now to put it in something that would lead you in the direction of where you want to lead because who you put your identity in determines who you become. So I want to challenge everyone this week to ask yourself the question, who are you putting your identity in and who will you become because of it? We're going to wrap up in prayer right now and then we're going to move into our time of communion. So would everyone just please bow their heads? Dear Father, you have a plan, a hope and a future for everyone in this room. You love everyone here, Father. And we all end up somewhere in life. I just pray that you enable us to put our identity in things that would lead us towards where we want to lead in life, Lord. And you have a plan, a hope, and a future for us, Lord. And I just pray that we, we put our identity in things that would lead us in the direction of that plan, that hope, that future that you have for us. Pray for everyone here tonight, Lord, that you that you help give us the courage to take our identity out of those things that are leading us down the wrong path and to put it in things that will lead us in the right direction, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.